Are we blessed? Are we blessed? Oh, yeah, that's that's so wonderful. Uh, Life is a journey. Life is a journey, and um, all of us are on that journey of life. We began that at birth, and some of that journey was marked out for us, and some of it we have made choices, but all of us are on a journey that is unique to each one of us. And uh, some of you are in a great place in your journey right now. Some of you guys are, are just um, finding your journey so fulfilling, so happy, so content, rejoicing, blessings abound. Uh, but you may be in a difficult part of your journey. You may be in a part of your journey in which you're struggling. Perhaps it's health issues or relational problems or financial concerns. We're all at different places on our journey, but we're all on journeys. And we all have different needs. And that we're all called to express our hearts to God through our journey in prayer. If you haven't been here before, we have been in a series that concludes today that's been going all through uh, the summer. Um, it's, it's been entitled Songs of the Heart, Expressing Our Emotions to God. And uh, this is our concluding message today. Um, we discovered that God created us with this incredible rational capacity, that God gave us the ability to think and to reason. He created us as reasoning beings. And he also gave us a volitional capacity. Not only can we rationalize and think and calculate and all the rest of that, but we can decide and choose and make decisions and, and, uh, and, and accomplish things. And uh, so God gave us that. But he didn't just leave us to be some like computers or robots. He gave us emotions. He gave us the ability to feel deeply, to experience emotion. And we have the joy of feeling love and being loved, extending love. We have the, the experience of exquisite joy and deep sadness. We have the experience of anger or despondency, or awe, or fear, or compassion. We are emotional beings, and we were created by a God who himself has emotion and created us in his image so that we also are emotional beings. God invites us to express our emotion to him in prayer. And so we come to this book of the Bible, the Psalms, And it is for us a prayer book. God gave us a prayer book right in the center of Holy Scripture. He gave us a prayer book. Um, It's also a hymnal. Many of these psalms were put to music. And and many of them tell us the tune that it was to be done to or what instruments it was to be accompanied by, that kind of thing. But God gave us this. Now, we said at the beginning of this whole thing that the psalms are really unique in this. The psalms... Uh, are kind of distinct. All of Scripture is basically God speaking to us. God communicating and revealing to us. And here's the thing with the Psalms. The Psalms are kind of to give us a voice to speak back to God. 
to teach us how to pray. So we have this whole collection of 150, if you will, prayers that teach us how to pray to God. It's here that we learn to pray. It's here that we learn to express our emotions, the emotions that God has given to us, the joys and the frustrations, the delight and the sorrow, the heartbreak, the anxieties, the fears. The Psalms teach us how to express those things. We learn to pray uh, to God and open our hearts to him as we journey through life, that journey of life with all of its ups and its downs to come and find strength and help and express gratitude and praise and rejoice and awe and sometimes to complain too because there are a pile of those in the Psalter that, that help us to know how to speak to God in that way. Even Jesus himself used the Psalms to pray. Jesus is hanging on the cross and he cries out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was praying from Psalm 22. And so he instructs us how to pray. And so each week through the summer, we've been experiencing and expressing the different emotions um, to God in prayer. And when we started this whole journey back at the beginning of the summer, uh, we said Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 actually act like, uh, act for us as, as an entrance into this whole experience of prayer and praying to God and expressing our hearts to him. And we said Psalm 1, if we put something over, it would be trust the word of God as you begin this journey, as you, as you enter through this, this gate into this experience of prayer. You need to go on your journey. You need to um, trust God in prayer or, or, or trust the word of God. You remember Psalm 1? Blessed is is he who, um, uh, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor walk in the seat of sinners, or, or sit in the seat of scorners. But his delight is in the law of God. And in his law, he meditates day and night, day and night. And so we begin the journey by, by being guided by the truth of God's word and trusting in God's word. And then secondly, in Psalm 2, we, said, we learned that we trust in God's son, Beautiful psalm. God has got all kinds of opposition to him. The, the rulers of the earth are banded together to fight against God and to resist him and, and to try and overthrow him. And you know what God does? God goes, ha, 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 this is hilarious. God says, trust my son, trust my word, and trust my son as you begin this journey. And then the journey begins. Psalm 3. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Psalm 4. Answer me when I call help. Psalm 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Psalm 6. Oh Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger. Psalm 7. Oh Lord, my God, in you I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. You go, wow. Bummer! This is, the, this is the starting of the Psalms, that it's all these cries for help. And in fact, fully two-thirds of all the Psalms are Psalms of complaint, Psalms of lament, Psalms of saying, things are terrible in my life, I need your help, God, help me. And then we get to Psalm 8, which we looked at a couple weeks ago, and Psalm 9, and, and we see the, the, the Psalm, the spirits elevated and whatnot. And, and that's life, though, isn't it? Life is 
these wonderful highs, and then we've got some difficulties, some, some going through valleys, some tough things that we do. And, and life is messy. It's not well-ordered. So we've got a psalm that's a, a downer, and next to that there's a psalm that's really praising God and, and just so encouraged. But that's life. And that's why the psalms are kind of, although it looks so haphazard and so messy, and so, you know, why did we put all the happy songs in one, in one place and all the difficult in, in another place. No, that's not how life is. Life is messy. And, and so here we go our, in this journey that has fraught with difficulties at times, but also full of joys. That's life. And when we originally talked about the book of Psalms, we said the title of Psalms is this, Sefer Tehillim, the book of praise. And I don't know about you, but you've got to kind of read through the Psalms and say, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Two-thirds of them are bummers. How do we call this a, a book of praise? It kind of sounds like false advertising to me. Statistically inaccurate for all of the downer kind of Psalms that are calling for help. And it seems as we go through difficulty... Um, we receive this little bit of sunlight now and again, and then the clouds come over, but that's life. Eugene Peterson said, all prayer pursued far enough becomes praise. All prayer followed far enough becomes praise. In fact, our journey has a destination The destination of our journey in life is praise. The end of our journey is praise. What moves us on is praise of God. And all prayer pursued long enough ends up in praise. And the problem is it doesn't necessarily get there quickly or easily. But we get there. We get there. The title of the psalm as praise is not lost when you look at the whole structure of the Psalms. Each, uh, the, the book of Psalms is divided into actually five sections or five books. And each section of the five books concludes with a doxology. Now a doxology just means praise. It, it concludes with a, a note of praise. And, and uh, so here are the five books. I'll give you Psalm 41, 13 says this. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. The end of the first section. The second section. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The third section. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. The fourth section. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. And the final, at the very end, the final verse of the whole Psalms. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And every section in this book that's full of down stuff also is expressive of praise But the book ends with this huge crescendo of praise. This grand crescendo 
that begins in Psalm 145. And Psalm 145, you wouldn't know this by reading it in English, but if you read this in Hebrew, you would know that this is an acrostic psalm, uh, an alphabet acrostic psalm. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And each part of this psalm, uh, it starts with the first letter in the alphabet all through the last letter and brings praise to God. It's kind of the A to Z of praising God. That's Psalm 145. And then Psalm 146 to Psalm 150. And Keisha read two of those for us this morning. Those begin with praise the Lord, the psalm, and end with praise the Lord. The next one, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise. And then we get to Psalm 150. And Psalm 150 is like the grand finale of this all. And and, uh, it expresses um, this great Praise of God. In fact, it says praise the Lord 13 times in the six verses. And we end on this this grand, grand note of praise. Because that's the destination that God has for you and for me as his people. You know, I I think of this, um, I think of this kind of like uh, 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 the musical oratorio Handel's Messiah. And when you listen through Handel's Messiah recounting the life of Jesus, it's interesting how, you know, you've got the overture and it's kind of sedate and you've got uh, um, comfort, comfort my people. And then you've got some light bubbly things and, uh, and some deep and dark things. And you get two-thirds the way through it and you've got the hallelujah chorus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the Lord God reigns omnipotent, hallelujah, hallelujah. And, and, and then you get into the last part of the whole work of music. And you, and you get there toward the end. And it ends with, worthy is the lamb that was slain. And, uh, and finally, the amen chorus on this grand note. And that's our life. Ups and downs. But we've got a destination. We're going someplace. We're going to a place of praise. That's what God wants for us. The end of everything is praise. You see, we were created to worship. In, in Isaiah 43.7, God talked about creating his people. He said, he said, he created them for his glory. He created us to be praisers. He, he created us to engage with him. In Ephesians 1, three times we have that we were created to the the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glorious grace. Our purpose is to praise God. Uh, the, um, The Westminster Shorter Catechism starts with this question. What is the chief end of man? And the answer is to glorify him and enjoy him forevermore. God's purpose for us is praise. His destination for us in our lives and our journey is praise. The goal for our life is to praise God and to worship him. So we come to the very end of the book, and we're called to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Did you pick up that theme this morning in music? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's where we're going. And Psalm 150 functions as the grand finale for this whole work, all these Praise psalms at the end that just bring it up and up and up and up. And here's what we have. We have Psalm 150. And so I'm going to read it for you. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent 
greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with the loud crashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you miss that, Praise the Lord, created for praise. So I just want to quickly go through this. It starts with verse 1, and it starts with this. Where do you praise God? Well, well, praise Him in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. The, the, The psalmist calls for God to be praised in the heavens in the place of his abode. That is the the desire. God, be praised in the heavens. Be praised above us all. Praise him in his sanctuary. In Isaiah chapter 6, we have a a picture of the vision that Isaiah has. God allowed him to see something in the heavenly temple. And and here is God's presence is there, and all he's seeing are these flowing robes that that, that fill the whole temple and smoke and, and these high, high angelic beings and they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of... And back and forth they go. And, and, and the, the scene was, was almost frightening because at the proclamation of the holiness of God, the very threshold of the heavenly temple begins to shake and, and, and there's... And there's uh, there's fire and there's smoke and, and all of this. It is awesome. God is to be praised. And we get in the New Testament a picture of heavenly praise in the book of Revelation in chapter 4 and chapter 5. But in chapter 5, millions upon millions upon millions of angels are praising God and Jesus. Praise be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Praise and honor Glory and power forever and ever. All of heaven is to praise God. And the psalmist cries out, Praise be the Lord. Praise be to God. How many of you know some Hebrew? Yeah, you know at least two words probably. How about this one? Hallelujah. That's the, it's in there. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, and, and so he's to be praised in his heavenly temple. He's to be praised in the heavens. And in second, verse 2, why is he to be praised? And it says he's to be praised for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. And he's just taken everything that's been in the Bible and everything that's in the Psalms of all the things that God has done and is worthy of praise. He's thinking and has praised him for the incredible work of creation and the beauty and the sustaining of creation, uh, of his saving grace in people's lives, in his provision for them, in his care of them, in his character. It's all wrapped up in this thing. Praise him for his greatness and all the awesome things that he has done. That's why he's to be praised. He's to be praised beyond that. Praise the Lord. When you think of it, when you stand back and and really get a a grip on what God is like, uh, you realize that he is absolutely worthy of our praise. Well, verses 3 to 5, it tells us how to praise him. And he basically says, give it all you've got. 
Put everything you have into praising God. He starts out and he says in verse 3, praise him with the trumpet sound. Now, you're thinking there's a brass section that are to to praise God. This wasn't that kind of a trumpet. It was like a ram's horn. And it wasn't really used for music, but it was used uh, to call people to worship. The shofar, blow the shofar, assemble the people. God is in the house summoning them to worship. If you've ever been to uh, the the uh, Strat uh, the Shakespeare Strat uh, the Stratford Shakespeare Festival, you notice that in the main theater when just before the production about 5 minutes before these incredible trumpets that are like about this long are played and they they play this fanfare. And and everybody knows get in it's going to start and that's what the shofar was. Get in. He's, the, the Lord is in the house. Be ready for praise. And, um, and, and then he goes on and he says, uh, praise him with the lute and the harp, stringed instruments. Um, praise him with the tambourine and dance, a hand drum and movement. And often that was, uh, women uh, particularly were involved in that. Um, and, and, uh, and then he says, um, praise him with strings and pipes, like wind instruments as well as stringed instruments, all the instruments that you have. Praise him with cymbals. Praise him with loud crashing cymbals. He said, I don't like that. That's, I know, you know, sorry. Um, use everything. He's involved bodily movement. Okay, so some of our, you know, some of our music today, if, if you weren't tapping your foot or you weren't doing something, you're probably missing out on, on, on it because we're to engage everything. You know, it's interesting. If you go to Israel or you see a Hasidic Jew praying, oftentimes you'll see them and, and they'll have their, their Bible, the Tanakh, and, and they'll be going like this and, and praying. You ever see that? right? David says, you know, I, I praise the Lord with everything I've got, with my whole heart. And so they've taken that and said, well, you can't just do this. You've you got to do something. And so we, we may be clapping our hands. We may be rejoicing. Our, we may be tapping our foot. We may be lifting our hands, but we're responding to the great, greatness of God. And, and um, because he's worthy of our praise, um, this exuberant, joyful, active praise um, and do you know what? It's not that everything has to be loud. But I've kind of done a survey. Look at the, the word loud in the book of Revelation. Almost everything is loud. Loud. And, and you say, well, you know, like, I don't really dig that loud stuff. Well, there's, I mean, you can overdo loud, okay? But, but the thing is that we give it all we've got. And the praise has some volume to it because we're not sitting, we're not singing timidly like this. We're singing out, praise him, praise him. And I hope, I hope when you praise, because what we do week by week by week is we come here to praise God. And I hope you praise him with all of you, God. And I pray that you sing out, you know, or you don't sing because he's worthy of our praise. A few weeks ago, our family went to a Blue Jays game, like a my dad and, you know, all through the ages. So that we had a, we had a whole section. And some of the people in our family are not really expressive kind of people. But they were getting into it. 
the wave was going, and they were doing the wave and smiling, and, and they, they were doing all this stuff, and I'm going, like, that's kind of not them. Like, do that at church, okay? <laughs> Act, you know, shouting, wow, great, oh, he did it, just see that, he did it. You know, so there ought to be some enthusiasm in our praise when we praise God. When we come to praise him um, personally or corporately. Now, it's interesting in the last verse it says this. It asks the question again, where do we praise God? And it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We started with heaven and we brought it right down to earth. Every, everything that has breath is us. Everyone is called to praise the Lord. So, so much of the world, here's the thing, doesn't know or doesn't appreciate who God is. They don't know what he does. They don't know how marvelous he is. They don't know the incredible love that he has for them, that, that he sent his son to die on a cross for them. They don't know how compassionate and gracious and caring he is. They don't know that all the blessings they have in their life, God has poured it out on them. And it's so sad because everyone is called to praise the Lord. And, and that grants to us a mission that God has given to us. Because God's desire is to take rebels and people who don't know him and, and help them to become worshipers of God. God wants all people to praise him. And he uses us to tell them how wonderful he is so that they can become a worshiper as well. That's our mission. You know, you may be saying uh, to yourself, um, you can enjoy your worship. I'm, I'm, I'm not in that place at this time. Good for you. I'm glad that this really is, works for you. I'm glad that you really dig this. I'm, I'm glad that that's great for you. But I'm just not in that place right now. My, my, my life is a mess. I've got a lot of stress in my life. I'm very unhappy. I've got all kinds of problems that aren't getting fixed. And I'm really not in a place to praise. I'm with some of those psalms that cry out, God, uh, uh, how long do I have to go through this? God, where are you? I, that's where I am. I'm really not in a place of praise. But the destination we're, we're pushing toward, being people of praise. And I get that. I mean, all of us have been there at times when our heart is not singing and, and we're broken and we're hurting and we're confused and we're angry. And the last thing you want to do is praise. In fact, maybe the last thing you want to do is go and sit among a pile of people who are so grateful for what God has done and they're praising him because you're just not there. I want to tell you from experience um, that when you stop looking at your circumstance and you start and focus on God, it can be really tough. I, I, I'm, I don't speak as somebody that hasn't walked in those shoes. I, I have and, and we have. But when you, when, when you stop looking at the stuff and you begin to look up and you begin to look at God and you begin to understand something about how great he is and, and you, get the, you get the eyes for a moment off your situation 
and you see something of the power and the beauty and the love and the compassion of God and the faithfulness of God and and the trustworthiness of God and how he's faithful to his promises and, and he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us and that he's never failed us. And and when you get into that place, something can change. Something can change. One of my, and Keisha knows this, one of my favorite pieces is Great is Thy Faithful. That's 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 the song that is written over my life, the faithfulness of God. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, your hand has provided. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, unto me. And I can tell you there are times when, when I have been so down and so discouraged and so depressed. And I begin to focus on God. And I have like a praise breakthrough. I have a time when, when, when God begins to elevate my spirit and I just pour my heart out to him and thank him for who he is and what he's done. And, and when, when I see God for who he is, all my situation it seems to get so small and so small. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And sometimes you have to praise in the middle of your pain. Sometimes you need to to break through and look to God. Musicians, you can come up now. And and to see, and, and this happens in some Psalms. Psalm 13 is an interesting expression. In in the first four verses. We, we have this. The psalmist says this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me. O Lord, my God, light up my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy says, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I'm shaken. He's in a bad way and he prays to God, this is my situation. But he has a breakthrough. But I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I'll sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And there's a breakthrough. In the midst of that pain, there's a praise breakthrough and it changes the whole thing. Paul and Silas, that great missionary pair that, that went through Europe and, and, uh, and Asia. Uh, and they're in, they're in uh, Philippi, and they're serving God, and they're telling people about the wonder of Jesus Christ. And uh, the authorities weren't too pleased with that. So they, they, they hauled them off. They beat them senseless. They put them in chains, and they threw them in a jail, a cold, dirty, dark jail. Do you know what they did in the midst of that? They sang. God put a heart of praise. And we read that the other prisoners heard them. And I want to tell you that you may not be there. You may not say, you say, I'm not ready. I just, I can't do it. I, I just pray that you look to God, his faithfulness, And that you have a breakthrough in praise. And that you can begin to sing, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, to me. You see, um, there's another aspect to this. In in the the great Scottish preacher, Alexander McLaren, 
said of Psalm 150, he said it's prophetic. You know what that is? That talking about that praise that will, will encompass everything is something that is prophetic, that God is going to do. You may be in a bad place now. I'm telling you, at the end of the story, you're going to be in a place of praise. You will praise, and you will be unfettered from all of the things that are weighing you down in, in the struggles that you have at this time. In Revelation 21.4, it's so beautiful. It says uh, that when we go to be with God fully and finally, He will wipe away every tear. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain for the old order's gone. And we'll praise and praise and praise for all of eternity. And so here we are. Now, in the midst of our journey, we're called to praise. To praise a worthy God. He is worthy. And even through tough times, we can break through to total praise. Psalm 121 said this, I lift up my eyes to the hills. It's a journey psalm. It's about going on this journey. And I look to the hills, and the hills are a place where there's danger, and, and there's, con, there's confusion and anxiety. But go, and and I, I'm, heading, I'm heading into the hills. I lift up my eyes to the hill. Where does my help come from? Ah, my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. 